Hello everyone, welcome to the European Hoops Podcast, a Sportsitos presentation. My name is André, I'm your host, and this is my co-host, Tiago Cordeiro. How are you doing, Tiago? Hello guys, uh, let's talk about the, the thing that we like the most, let's do it. Let's move on to round 23 and let's speak about the consequences of this double header on the, the standings of all these teams. We started the best possible way with a great game between Valencia and Maccabi. The game ended 93-94. The MVP of the game was Bonzi Colson with 17-12-3-1 and he's in a great, great uh, moment of the season for him. Di Bartolomeu had 17-1-2 and, and Harper had 20-3. This was an extremely important game between two teams that were tied in eight place. Valencia dominated the first half, but Maccabi, with an incredible third quarter, scoring 34 points, came back into the game and got a huge one-point road win. What are your takes about this game? The only thing that it st stands out the most was this third quarter, because Maccabi scored 34 points. You can you can give 34 points. Valencia offense is really good, but their defense on this quarter was bad and cost them this game. Di Bartolomeu, he, he was playing really good. Um, he's a really good player. He's a clutch player. He's, he had a five and six in three points. And Baldwin got a great one. But it's like we said, <laughs> he took a lot of bad decisions uh, late in the game. But it was a fun, a fun match in my opinion, in one of the must-watch. Yeah, it was a must-watch and it did disappoint in the slightest. 93-94, it was a great game, a high-scoring game and very emotive game all the way. This game broke Valencia's uh, five-game winning streak. They are now 5-1 and one on their last six games and they are in ninth place tied with Maccabi with 12-11. and 11. Maccabi, on the other hand, they are five uh, and five on their last ten games. They are a better team at home, as we have spoken before. They are nine and one at home and three and ten away, and this was a very, very important road win for them. To while they are out, Lorenzo Brown, but also Poitras. They this was a very important road win for them to hang on to the the eighth place. Not losing the playoff train with this game and guaranteeing this win was very, very important for for Maccabi. In the second game, Milano 74, Red Star 68. The best player of the game was Billy Barron with 15-2-2-2. Hines with 8-5-1-1-1. While Benthill with 17-7 and two steals was the best player for the visiting team. Napier seems to be part of the solution to Monaco, as we have spoken previously. They showed an improved offensive rate in the first half uh, while performing at a high defensive level the whole game. That was the anchor for, for this win for the Italian team despite run from Red Star in the fourth quarter. In terms of standings, Milan is now 16 with uh, two wins in this double header. They have an 8-15 record and they are four wins below the playoffs with 11 games to go. They broke their six-game losing streak. I know it's probably too much to, to dream of. Do you think that Milano can still catch up a playoff spot being four wins behind and with 11 rounds to go? I already said that. I see them doing the 12th spot in maximum. I see Cervantes Vesa go down, Bayern might go down, Panathinaikos, and Milano goes up. But I, I can't see them doing the playoffs right now. Because you got Maccabi now with Lorenzo Brown. You got Valencia still. And Zalgiri's F is still on the run. So 
I can see them doing the playoffs. You say that you can see, and this is the other team on this game, like the Red Star falling in the standings is behind Milano, but they have only two games until Campazzo. They will play on the road against Maccabi in one of the best home courts in the competition or the best home court in the competition. And then they receive Alba at home. From these two games, they should win at least one of them. Tops, they will fall three games behind the playoff spots. Do you, do you think that they can at least win one game of these two? In, yes, I think in that's this... Alba, Alba at home. It's uh, it's the perfect game for them it's to a perfect break. Okay. Game from them to break from this uh, losing streak. Because in this double header, we saw that they can, they can, they could win the both games, and they couldn't. So Cervantes Vesa is a really inconstant, inconstant team. Uh, I think they're lacking uh, a playmaker because Vildosa can do that, but Campazzo is way better and takes the ball off Vildosa. I, I want to see him playing off ball, but at this moment, uh, they're lacking D. Campazzo can can help on that side, in my opinion. So I, I can see them doing the playoffs right now. I was I I could uh, three three podcast three episodes ago, but now I can't. They are in a tough situation and they aren't performing at a very good level to dream to achieve the the playoffs, but. They are an interesting team and for sure they can at the very least give us like some interesting games later in the season and whenever they have composite it will be fun at the very least to, to watch him play. Moving on to the, the next game. Barcelona received and beat Bayern for 72-70. Bayern was down on Telo Hunter. That was a late scratch to this game and their coach unfortunately had a family member passing away and he was also in this game. Barcelona allowed this game to be a Bayern type of game. It was a slow game with a lot of grind, very physical game and uh, they struggled to win. Bayern players really stepped up and put up a lot of fight. The MVP of the game was Vasselli with 10-9-2 and, and he was literally keeping Barcelona alive for moments in this game and Jokobait is with 7-6-3 the best player for Bayern was Weilerbab with 15-3 and three. after this game Barcelona is third in the standings with fifteen and eight, with a record of 15-8 and eight, and they are in a 2-0 uh, run after losing the, the classic against Real Madrid. Bayern on the, on the other hand they are 14th with a record of 9-14 and 14. they lost both games of this uh, double header what did you saw in this game and what are your thoughts about this team's position in the standings Bayern fought hard really hard but they just couldn't get over the hump mostly because of all of the the injuries that they they've had but it's nice to see them trying to compete I don't know if you saw this game I saw it and in the last possession that Bayern had it they just couldn't buy a three point they, they just couldn't shoot it. Uh, so Barcelona defense on the last possession was really good. It's really nice to see them defending that well. But yes, I'm looking forward to see if Barcelona can keep up the good momentum. They're, they're one of the, the best teams, but they're not playing a really good basketball. Yeah, totally. It was uh, a great defensive play of Kalinic on Yaramas in the, the last possession of the game. And it was an, also an interesting decision by Bayern. You could tell that they were short for this game. They were lacking a lot of players. And Coach Trinchier is so good. And this team does such a good job that you almost wish that they had the full team. They had Lutsic, they had Antalo Anter for this game. 
they are down so many good players you almost wish them to have a bit better luck the rest of the way they they decided to go for a three-pointer in the end of the game and go for the win they felt that they wouldn't have the legs to for an overtime battle and uh, they weren't able to to pull up the the three-point shot and again our guy Higgins had another decisive performance on clutch time he it was another great game for him the following game was between Fenerbahce and Alba it was a dominant win from Fenerbahce 101 86 the fence wasn't we wrote about this game that the fence wasn't on the menu for either team in this game none of them was interested whatsoever in playing any defense Fenerbahce's superior firepower and superior team got the dominant win Low tried to play on this game and but he he wasn't uh, able and there aren't informations about if you'll need to miss some time but he clearly wasn't in good condition to to play on this game Fenerbahce has a record of 14 and 9 he, they are two wins below the first place and they are struggling a little bit they are in a 4 and 7 run at the moment Alba is last in the last place with a 6 and 17 record. Alba team really is, is not competing for anything else on this EuroLeague. They for sure will try to perform the best way possible and try to compete for individual games. But what about this 4-7 and seven run from Fenerbahce and what notes do you have about this game and but mostly about the Fenerbahce 4? They're struggling a lot. This was a much needed game for them to play against uh, one of the weaker team. But I don't know what is happening on this four and seven run. I don't know what is lacking on this team. I don't know what they what they need what what they needing. They had a guy like Ateto Kumpu on this on their team too, because at some point they they thought that they needed size, so they got him. It's it's just a bad momentum for them. Like for example, if you look at them and if you look at FS, FS it's underperforming whole season long. And they have a very high ceiling, but they are just underperforming. This team, they are on the top of the standings. They have a very good team. They are missing a guy like Bielica that will add to, to their team. They are just in a bad momentum. I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint what is wrong with them. I noticed in the game some struggles when they're going to bench units. And it's not that their depth is bad. Of course, they have a great roster. I think they need some adjustments in the lineups that they are using to be able to to perform at the highest level the whole game long, in my opinion. In the, the first rounds, I'm seeing the, the, this early since the beginning. In the first rounds, it was great to see them playing they shared the ball they were a fun team to watch for sure uh, but now I, I can't see a whole game of them uh, they're, they're not liking anything but yeah it's like you said this, at some point there must be the the lineups that they have they're, they're finding a better solutions but I'm looking forward to see because in the in the beginning of the, the Aero League they they were one of the hardest teams I'm sure Coach Itudis will will figure it out for them and they will be they will certainly be in the playoffs and they are one of the contenders to be in the final four and to win it all. Just uh, Fenerbahce is in a very bad momentum at the moment. The next game was in Kaunas, where Zalgiris received and lost to Partizan 74-88. MVP of this game was Papa Petro with 17-4. and uh, Lede had 11-10. and And Brasdekis was again the best for uh, Zalgiris with 17-3-3. and Zalgiris accused some fatigue on this game. You could tell by the way they were playing. Partizan took advantage of it and dominated the first half with good ball sharing and very strong defensive discipline. Behind their crowd, Zalgiris had a 10-point 
come back on the third quarter, but Partizan took back control of the fourth in the fourth and uh, got this win. After this game, Zalgiris and Partizan are tied with uh, two other teams for seventh place with a 12 and 11 record. What do you see these teams doing? What do you see about the great momentum that Partizan is having? They are the hottest team in the EuroLeague with an 8-2 run at the moment and they are now in a playoff position. What do you see these teams doing the rest of regular season and do you see both of them or one of them being in the playoff? Remember when we said like that Salgiris will be in the, the playoffs? Yes. Their spot was stolen by Partizan. In my opinion, <laughs> in one of the first episodes that we had, uh, I said that Lazort needs to to have shooters around him because guys like Dante Exum, they're good three point shooters, but not elite. In this game, they shoot it uh, almost sixty percent from the three point line. This is the difference for me on this partisan team. That before that that episode that we had, now this is the difference for me. They're shooting. Uh, a good per- a good percentage and guys like Ruday are stepping up Papa Petru uh, has his games but he's stepping up too and it's a, a really fun team to watch you said on the, the recap of their previous game they are peaking on the right moment and I can see Partizan making it all the way to the playoffs it will be hard to keep this momentum when they are 80%, they have a 80% win rate on their last 10 games. That's basically impossible to achieve, but <laughs> um, they are playing very well. And that offensive upgrade and the, the ability that they are having to hit shots, the, it's noticeable. And uh, we have some notes from their post-game uh, interviews and they were referencing exactly that, that they are one of the youngest team or the youngest team and one of the most unexperienced teams in the EuroLeague and they are evolving and they are progressing uh, during the season and you can tell that and they are picking in the right moment one of the more fun teams to watch. But let's move on to maybe the best game of the, the round. And while Olympiacos Efes, maybe it was the most important, like I, I had previewed with Diog on our last podcast, this was the best game to watch and Diog got it right. Monaco 91, Real 95 in a thrilling game to watch. Monaco wasn't able to, to repeat the, the win that they got on the, the first time these two teams met. It was a must-watch game and it didn't disappoint it. Monaco guard play versus Real Madrid size and their depth. Their depth was crucial for them to get this win in a game that uh, both uh, Tavares and Poirier struggle with fall troubles. There was constant league changes in this game and a super performance for Mario Edzonio, the MVP of this game with 39-6-1-1. and Got Real Madrid this win. Another big performance for Real Madrid was Deck with 39-2-1. and And Mike James was the best one for Monaco with 33-6-7-2-1. And, and he was a big reason why Monaco stayed in this game and competed on this game. Real Madrid didn't have any defensive solutions, both for him and for Okobo. He, with 30 seconds left on the game, he passed an open three-pointer that might have cost them not the game, it's hard to say that, but uh, could have put them in a different situation to compete for this game. What do you, are your notes about this game that was the best game of this doubleheader of the EuroLeague? I don't know if if it was the best game. He has, he, this game has the best perf- the performers. Cause in my opinion, Valencia against Maccabi was a, gr- a really great game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, on... On the notes that I, I took about this game was 
that uh, Monaco lacks uh, what Real Madrid has a lot, wings. Um, but you, it's, a, it's a fun game to watch because one side of the one team has a point guard, only point guard lineup, and the other team has kind of like wings lineup. It's, it's a really nice co combination. Um, and yeah, the size... Uh, Size ones uh, won this game. Mario Azoni had a great game with 30 points, uh, really efficient with six and ten in three points. And this was our uh, I was expecting from Mario Azoni since the beginning. Uh, I want to see if he, he can keep up this momentum. And even Musa had the 14 points. It was a really nice game to watch. And about the last decision that cost the game. Not didn't cost him, but yeah, uh, about uh, Mike James. It was uh, fun to watch in Twitter because Team Guard is back, and I'm looking forward to see if Monaco can bounce back after this, this yeah. uh, loss. I think they will. And you were speaking about uh, the three point shooting from Real Madrid, and that some parts of the game it totally kept them in the game and alive because otherwise they they were struggling to find other solutions they lost their size and they weren't monaco started to defend their rim pretty well in the third quarter and uh, it was through the three-point shooting of Azonja of uh, Sergio Lul with very important three points uh, three-point shots also on the the third quarter Musa had an incredible uh, three-point shot for from the corner of, and all of the that shooting ability that Real Madrid had on this game totally kept them alive and in the end allowed them to overpower Monaco and get them the win it was indeed a great game and these are very strong candidates to meet again in the the final Final four of this edition of the Euroleague and two strong candidates to win this edition of the Euroleague. The next game was a very important game in terms of standings. Olympiacos received and beated FS 76-70. The MVP of the game was Sasha Zankov with 23-3-3-1. Launces with 13-7 and two steals was a very good surprise for Olympiacos on this game and Danson was the, the best for FS with 10-6-5-3-1. This was a very important win for Olympiacos that didn't have Slokas. Olympiacos dominated the first half of the the game and was able to stay consistent across the whole game. It was a, mostly a team win with all the 10 players being able to contribute and scoring for, for Olympiacos. It was impressive. It was a dominant performance from Olympiacos in both sides of the game. Olympiacos is now in first tied with Real Madrid 16 and 7. They are in a 5-0 run. Efes is in 11th place tied with Virtus with an 11-12 run and below one win below a 14 time tie from 7 to 10. Mm -hmm. Olympiacos have been absolutely incredible. How did you saw this game and how did you saw their performance? It's really nice to see guys like uh, Lutzis to step it up. He was all over the place. He had a clutch uh, defense situations, so it's really nice to see them. Um, the takes that I that I have about this game was at some point of this game, Efes were better with Misic off the floor than on the floor in the in the last in the last minutes for sure. And guys like Clyburn on this game, he, he took a lot of bad decisions at the end of the game that cost them the game. Uh, but yeah, mostly uh, because of Olympiak put them on that situation, on bad situations to underperform. So yeah, Thomas Walkup had a great game, scoring just two points, but uh, rebounding, assisting, 
and he's stepping up his game uh, in the absence of a guy like Lucas. So it's really nice to see Olympiacos playing their uh, team, a very fun team to watch, and they're playing uh, team basketball. Yeah, it is very, very good to watch them, and they are performing at a very high level. I think we can say that Olympiacos is performing at the highest level from all the teams of EuroLeague at this moment. For sure. They might not be the best team, but at this moment they are performing at the highest level from all the teams. Mm-hmm. And they did it in this doubleheader without having focus. That is a very important piece for them. Uh, Zenkov was the MVP of this game, but uh, this was a team win and he just represents a lot of what the team does with the hard work. It's the intangibles. They they do all the little things well and that's what uh, gets them to this level. And let's see what will they do in the playoffs and let's see what do they do if they get to the, the final four. They are a, a good team to cheer for. That's, that's, that's for, for sure. sure. And, and this might be a matchup that we see in the first round of the playoffs between these two teams and uh, it will be interesting to watch. It will be a hard one. Yeah, for sure. And what you were saying about Misic, the the ball was kind of gluing on his hands a little bit and uh, they weren't being able to move the ball as well on offense and it was making the game harder for them. The coach put him back on the game with like 1 minute 15 or 1 minute 25 left for for Clyburn. It's really it it wasn't a good game for for him, but he's a great a great player and for sure. I'm sure that he will be able to execute for Efes when the time comes, but they are needing it sooner rather than later. It's like Diogo is always saying, they, they can play a Basconia type of play, but they're, they're playing a lot of ISO ball. They got guys who can do that, but it's way better for them to share the ball and play off transitions. Yeah, because if they move the ball, they have so much talent in that roster that will always be able to find an easy basket by a high-level player. If they are holding on to the ball and playing a slower pace game and a half court game they of course they are able to do it they are just not taking advantage of the roster that they have and uh, that's something that they can change but i don't think it's anymore about flipping a switch and uh, starting to perform when the time comes they need to really be better and perform better otherwise i don't think they will be able to trip it let's move on to the next game and it was a uh, basconia win 95 90 paratinaikos is the um, the worst team on the road with 210 with a 210 record and they lost both of their games in this spanish road trip that they had in this double header paratinaikos is tied in 15 with milano 815 and uh, basconia is in sixth place with a record of 13 and 10 one win below fourth place and one win above the fourth team tied from seven to to ten places. They are on a two-five run and this was a much-needed win for them. The final score doesn't really mirror what happened on the game. Paratinakus had a late run to to get back into the game, but it was too late for them to to get the, the win. Paratinakus started the game very strongly with a four-sixteen run. But then Basconia firepower took over the game, the game, and they were able to outscore Paratinaikos. What did you saw in this game, and um, what are your main takes? Basconia has another uh, backcourt on Max Heidegger. He brought to the table what we what we thought that he can he could bring. Uh, he had six assists. It's really nice to see it uh, sharing the ball. Now there is Thompson ten assists. It's really nice to see this team playing, and it's like a. I've always said it. If their backcourt can work well, they're winning for sure the a game. And this game, 
was an easy one uh, in the last in the last quarter. They entered in 76-65, uh, and then Panathinaikos had their run. But it was a uh, this this game doesn't have that much of history, in my opinion. Yeah, the MVP of the game was Marcus Howard. It was good to see him having a good performance after the last games he has been able to step up late in the games, but he starting the games ice cold. This one he had 24, 8, 10, 2 and 1. It was a great performance. Matt Costello had a good another good performance for Basconia with 16 and 4. And Papa Giannis was the best player for Paratinaikos with 19, 7, 8, 1 and 1. But it was a, an important home win for Basconia. Let's see if Matt Thomas can help them. Yeah, I, I'm curious hey. to see Paratinaikos with Matt Thomas, with Ponitka and with uh, even Agravanis giving them some depth. They are, they are needing some solutions. The playmaking is probably the main problem. Those players are not addressing it, but they can be a competitive team and... Um, Especially in their home court, they they will be they able can to still compete. Win. Yeah, they uh, they will be able to compete and put up a fight. This double header ended with Asvel and Virtus. Virtus was able to get the road win, sixty four seventy seven. For me, one of the biggest highlights of this game was the Colo becoming the best scorer ever in European competitions. He ended the game with fifteen seven six two and one. The MVP of the game for Virtus was Cordinier with twenty one five five three and one, and Balinelli had also a very good game with 21 1 1 and 1 and was making very tough shots for Virtus to be to keep them in the game early on Asvelt is tied in 15 place with an 8 15 record they had back to back losses in this double header against Partizan and Virtus Virtus on the other hand it's tied with Efes in 11 place with an 11 to 12 record and they are just one win behind the the playoff spots and they are 3 and 1 on their last four games Virtus got this important road win without uh, Milos Teodosic and it was a very physical and a slow-paced game. The, this win keeps uh, Virtus' playoff hopes alive. What do you expect from Virtus the rest of the season, and what did you thought about this game? About this game, in my opinion, it was vintage uh, Bellinelli, too. At one side, we had Nando De Colo being the best scorer in European competitions, and the other side, we had uh, vintage Marco Bellinelli. It's really nice to see him playing at this level. We can just cheer for him. On the Virtus side, I can see the, them making the playoffs. Between Efes, Algiris, Valencia, Maccabi and Partizan, if we can put these teams in the same matchup, I can Virtus is the the one of the weaker team. They're they're not out of the playoffs, but they they're one of the, the hardest to make it. So I think we can say that we have eight teams that are likely to be on the playoff fight. They are Basconia, Partizan, Maccabi, Valencia, Zalgiris, Efes, Virtus, and Red Star. From these eight teams, which three do you think have the better chance to be in the playoffs? For me, I will go with Basconia, Partizan, and Efes. You're still in Efes, I'm leaving out Maccabi, I'm leaving out Valencia, I'm leaving out Salgiris, Virtus and Red Star. Who do you got? Tell me something. Uh, Dublevich, uh, was his timetable to return? So I don't think it's a long absence. I think he was just out for <clears> this <throat> doubleheader. Okay, it's nice to, see, to hear that. So Basconia will be for sure. Now I have Maccabi with Lorenzo Brown. They will do it. And then I might go with Partizan. I'm taking our efforts. I'm not... Um, I'm not in F's bandwagon I, I, anymore. 
<laughs> I understand that. But Basconia is not performing at the highest level. They need to, to start playing some defense to be consistent. If they are just trying to outscore games, I think they, their position might be at risk because I can see Basconia being the team falling and maybe putting Maccabi out of the playoffs. Maybe it's not the best option. They are performing maybe at, as a top six team and if they are at full force they can maybe be uh, the sixth team and it wouldn't be surprising I think Partizan is speaking in the right moment as we spoke so maybe I can see it in the end being between Basconi and FS to, to get uh, the, into the playoff spots and Partizan and Maccabi making it but playing the odds I will go Basconi, Partizan and FS as I said and you went with Basconi Partizan and Maccabi and Maccabi Valencia being in the ninth spot Okay, let's see how it unrolls. Okay, another episode on the books. It was a great one. Thank you, Tiago. Make sure everybody to follow us at Ito's EuroLeague. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and keep uh, listening to us. It was a pleasure. And see you guys soon. See you. Thank you for hearing us and stay tuned for more.